for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. This is Monday, October 11th, one week ahead of the National MBA Conference. Talk about that in just a minute. We're so excited to have you listening to the podcast on the downloaded basis, listening live, however you are doing it. Appreciate it very much. Again, we create this podcast for mortgage professionals, and we do it as mortgage professionals. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information and do so in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. And our downloads are going up. I think I mentioned on the other week that we have had a 400% increase on downloads. So something's going on. We're appreciating it. So tell others about it. It's a great way to get information, especially for new people coming into the industry, wanting to kind of get their head wrapped around what's going on in the industry, and then they can go back in time and listen to the podcast. I'll never forget the time where I was at uh, Thomson Reuters in New York. This guy walked up to me and says, I've been listening to your podcast. And he walked up to me and says, I'm head of everything electronic here. And he says, someone suggests I start listening to your podcast. He says, I started listening to the most recent, and I had an hour train ride into the city and an hour train ride out of the city. And I listened to your podcast for one hour coming into work, and going home from work, and I'm two and a half years into the podcast, you have helped me learn the mortgage industry. So, folks, I say that for you to realize this is a valuable tool that you can use to get an update of what's going on in the industry. We appreciate it. Thank you so much because it's obviously happening because our listenership is way up. Also, our listenership is up because of the industry syndicate. We're a part of that. We get our podcast promoted on that as well as other channels. We want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. I'm doing a podcast tomorrow with Finastra, which is the next sponsor I want to say thank you to. I'm doing a webinar for Finastra, and we're doing it to the American Bankers Association ABA webinar tomorrow, talking about leadership in the mortgage banking space, especially in the regulated world. For those of you that want to tune in, be sure to request or sign up for the webinar by going to the Finastra website. Also, I want to say thank you to Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. Both of these co-ops do a great job of helping you get to be up close and personal with other vendors. It doesn't replace the MBA, as I always say, but it does allow you to get into a setting where you're able to talk one-on-one with your peers a little bit more practically. And so I encourage you to check it out. Of course, Pete Mills does a great job for the independent mortgage bankers, bringing them all together. And that's thanks to Bill Cosgrove, who started that when he was president of the NBA. Also, the Community Mortgage Lenders of America, grateful for their support, as well as Incelerate. Josh Friend at Incelerate does have one of the coolest technologies out there for helping with engagement with the borrowers. It doesn't have to be just a consumer direct. It's anytime you're connecting with a borrower or leads that you've had, systems in there. I've got to put in a, in a plug for Sales Boomerang right now, because when you combine Sales Boomerang with Incelerate, it's really a powerful tool in helping you connect with people. Also, if you're looking out to train people, check out Knowledge Coop. Kim Perry's got a great product there and helping you teach. It's called the Learning Management System. Mobility MMI, Mortgage Market Intelligence, does a good job. It does Modex for creating data, giving you data on what's actually being funded by whom, whether it be realtors or builders or mortgage loan originators. Great tool. Also, to our friends at SnapDocs, so great to have them as a sponsor of the podcast. Amy Moses and the team there at SnapDocs 
got a great vision. I got to tell you, I'm really am impressed with the vision that they have. And it's one of those companies you got to go get to know them because the name does not describe all that they do. And so they're going to be leaders, and they are leaders, fast becoming even greater leaders in the e-mortgage space. So check it out. Also, I want to say a special thank you to Rob, Brandon Rapforce, Les Parker, Alice Alvey, Alan, as Matt, and Jack for their contributions to the show each and every week. Welcome, everybody, to the Licking on Lending Hot Topics segment. We're excited to have Christy Moss joining us. She is CMB, Head of Sales and Marketing at Form Free. We're pleased to have them as a sponsor, and I'm so excited about the things they have going on there. So Jack Nunnery and I caught up with Christy this last week, and we pre-recorded an interview that we're about to play with you. I think you'll find it very interesting. Folks, we're excited market. to have joining us from Form Free, one of my favorite people on the planet, Christy Moss. Energy she brings to the room when she enters. They're taking pictures and posting on Facebook and on LinkedIn is legendary. She is a one-man PR firm, and I'm just so excited to have you, Christy, joining us on the microphone. Thank you so much, David. I am thrilled to be here participating in your podcast. I talk about legendary. Being asked to participate on Licking on Lending is one of the top things on my to-do list. So thank you for the invitation. Before we go too much further, I got to also introduce Jack Nunnery, who's joining us in the interview today. He's another legend in the industry. I'm so glad that he is participating with me in the podcast and specifically this interview. So Jack, thank you for joining me at the microphone. My pleasure, David, and I'm excited to talk to Christy about Form Free as well. Well, Form Free is doing so many innovative things, Christy, but before we go there, so many of us knew you at Fannie Mae and your time there, and you were featured several times on the podcast when you were part of Fannie Mae and Beth Milstein and the whole Fab Five. We had you all on the podcast one time to talk about getting approved with Fannie Mae. So I got to ask you this question. I'm sure many of our listeners who know you so well and love you so well, you are just that kind of person. You don't really have any enemies. You're so well liked and respected in the industry. But talk about you leaving Fannie Mae to come to Form Free. You did such a great job at Fannie Mae. This has got to have been one of those, I can't pass up this opportunity because of what's going on Form Free. But in your words, why did you end up leaving Fannie Mae to join up with Form Free? Oh, that's a great question. And I love talking about what Fannie Mae gave to me the 11 years I was there. I was so fortunate to work with some amazing leaders, including Beth Milstein. By the way, I loved your podcast on leadership with Beth. Fannie Mae, post-crisis, the agencies were focused on innovative technology to help lenders create efficiency, improve borrower experience, and mitigate risk post-crisis. So it was an amazing time there at Fannie Mae when Day One Certainty was introduced. But mm-hmm. what I really saw was it lit a passion for data technology that I didn't really think I had. Understanding how technology and data can really impact a lender's operations, the ability to serve consumers in a different manner was amazing. And through that experience at Fannie, I met Brent Chandler, the founder and CEO, who opened up a whole new aspect of using data and technology involved in the industry that I was so passionate about. So being at Fannie in that time, when you've been in this industry for so many years, you could get easily caught up in just doing things the same way you've always done them. But Fannie Mae, with their innovative look at how can we create a better lending industry 
and introduced Form Free to me. That's when I fell in love with Brent and the power of data intelligence. Form Free has a deep understanding of consumer data, where it resides, how to gain access to it, and most importantly, how to make it actionable for lenders and investors. And when we collectively as an industry understand the borrower's ability to pay, we can make better informed credit decisions for all consumers. That's such a good point. And Fannie Mae is so well known for the innovative things that they've put in place. Day one certainty, what they did with bringing in automated underwriting decision, U.S., and all the things that the leading innovation that they brought to our industry has just been such a value to so many homeowners. And that's what we're all ultimately passionate about is helping the homeowner create an experience. And some of the things that you're doing now with Brent, and by the way, Christy, one of the reasons I can understand so well why you'd fall in love with Brent is because the type of person he is but as well as the innovation, because the innovation lines up so nicely with what you have been experiencing for 11 years at Fannie Mae. And he has truly got some innovation and ideas that are so legendary. And recently, on September 18th, Fannie Mae launched the new program to help borrowers benefit from the positive rent payment history. And I'm excited to hear what you're doing and how Form Free is getting around this latest launch. And can you talk about that and share how you guys are working with Fannie Mae on this? Absolutely. And this is a huge step in utilizing data and data intelligence in the credit evaluation or credit assessment process. So as you said, the positive rent payment history DU enhancement went into effect on September 21st. And in in addition to utilizing data in a different way, this is a huge step towards inclusion. In today's industry, we're focused on how can we drive inclusion in affordable lending to help borrowers meet their financial goals of home ownership. And so this is a great step in that direction. So essentially how it works is for qualified renters who may have a limited credit feature, credit history, this feature helps create home ownership opportunities for first-time home buyers by considering a history of reoccurring rent payments in assessing eligibility. So essentially, if through the asset data that Form Freeze Account Check product provides, If DU can identify a minimum monthly rent payment of $300, then DU will assess that asset data and create eligibility for automated underwriting. So what this means for lenders is that lenders will get that approved eligible in the AUS DU versus having to go through manual underwriting eligibility, which sometimes will preclude consumers from qualifying for mortgages. One of the factors that Fannie Mae considered is when they look at the data is fewer than 5% of renters today have their rent payments reported on their credit bureau report, putting many prospective first-time home buyers at a disadvantage. So Fannie Mae estimates that by incorporating rent payment history that we could potentially help 20% of the U.S. population that has little Mm -hmm. or thin credit files. And of this 20%, this is a group in which Blacks and Hispanics are disproportionately represented. So this ties it back to that inclusion message as well as the the ability to help first-time home buyers who have thin credit files. Yeah, I love that. Thin credit files are a problem for this up-and-coming generation that just have, other than student loan debt, I'm thinking about that, but otherwise they have a very thin credit file. Jack, when you hear this, isn't this exciting? When you start looking at what this can mean for inclusion of more borrowers and expanding the customer base? Definitely, David, and on so many levels. I mean, we just were talking in a previous podcast about states now and the feds looking to include independent mortgage bankers in CRA goals. 
And mm-hmm. to Christie's point of inclusivity and how this impacts those markets, I mean, I think it's a huge win. But even moreover, when you look at process, right, and process engineering, there's basically three fundamental goals that you have, right? One, what you do to the process can mitigate risk, okay? What you do to the process can streamline the process and drive cost efficiencies. And finally, the third one, what you do to the process can enrich the consumer experience. Christy, I think you check all three blocks with account check and the specific inclusion of rental income into the calculations for the borrower. Amazing. Yeah, Jack, you are so spot on. And what's so fantastic is to see just how asset data and technology are being used because to enrich the lives of consumers. This enhancement is so powerful because for the first time, alternative data, asset data, which is derived from consumers' bank accounts, is being used to help determine eligibility. So there are so many consumers out there who have thin credit files. They are underbanked, underserved. And when we use alternative data sets to really determine eligibility, then what we can do as an industry is we can open up that credit box and we can serve more borrowers versus having those arbitrary blockers, if you will, because they They don't meet the traditional underwriting methods that we've been using in the industry, which have been great for so long. But now that we've got gig economy, we've got people doing different things. We've got people not utilizing the tools in the financial system because of whatever happens in their lives. This is such a powerful step because of the alternative data being used versus just traditional credit Mm -hmm. files being used. Christy, that is all good, but I've heard some people express concern because the program doesn't penalize or take into factor the borrowers who have missed rent payments. Is this true? And would that introduce more risk because this is being overlooked? Absolutely not. It would not introduce more risk. So Fannie Mae doesn't penalize those consumers who can't fully verify rental payment history through their verification of asset, their bank data. Because a missing rent transaction doesn't mean a borrower failed to pay rent by some Mm. other method. So what the verification of asset report, account check does, is it takes all of the transactional data Behind the scenes, DU recognizes when those rent payments are made in a consistent manner. So what that does is it DU, this enhancement, will benefit when they can identify them in the asset account but will not penalize them. So then the borrower still has the ability to go through the standard underwriting process of manual underwriting versus going through the automated underwriting process when DU can identify those consistent monthly rent payments. Yeah, so Christy, what I think I just heard you say is is that form-free customers can use account check to run positive rent payments through DU? Absolutely. This is the easy part. Form-free customers are able to take advantage of this enhancement easily with account check because account check has been delivering the required 12 months of bank data to Fannie Mae. The best part of this with form-free is our customers don't have to make any operation changes and we don't charge the lender for the extended data set. So essentially, when the lender places the order for account check and it goes to the consumer, the consumer links their bank account to our account check product. We go ahead and what we call harvest all of the bank transaction data 
that we need, and then we go through the analysis. We analyze it, certify it, verify it, because with the agencies, there are very specific guidelines for us delivering this data to them for utilization. And if we don't collect the data points according to the GSE guidelines, then it's not usable. So we've already built the rails for seamlessly delivering this 12 months of asset data to lenders, for lenders that use account check into DU, enabling DU to do the assessment, welcoming more inclusivity into their underwriting process without disrupting current workflows. Well, Christy, for our listeners that aren't currently form-free customers, when I was looking at your website, I saw that form-free has integrated into a vast number of the more popular loan origination systems. So what I think I read is is that it would be very quick for a prospect or or a non-form-free client to sign up and leverage one of the existing integrations and begin to use the account check product. You are absolutely spot on. In the early days of Form Free, Brent Chandler and Brian Francis, our CTO, recognized that we had to provide the data to lenders in in a manner that was usable and easy for them to access. So we have over 100 integrations with all of the top LOS, POS partners, which make the transfer of the data easily so that it seamlessly flows into their systems so that lenders can utilize it in the loan manufacturing process. We also support some proprietary integrations. We have a fantastic team of developers that work with lenders on making sure that they can access the data, that they can absorb the data to make it usable for their specific process. And what I also saw, Christy, was that there were integrations built to some of the more noteworthy process outsource companies. So if some of our listeners are using an outsourced service provider, they could very well be integrated with form-free currently. Absolutely. Again, I think it goes back to the statement that we like to say at form-free is we are where the lender needs us to be. If you want the data in your LOS, we're there. You want it in the POS, we're there. If you use a fulfillment provider, we also have relationships there. So anytime I look at technology, there seems like there's just some companies that get an early mover advantage in the marketplace. How is it possible that Form Free has been able to move on this so quickly? Great question, David. And I've got a couple things I can say about this, but I think primarily it's the vision of Brent Chandler, our founder and CEO. He sees a world where consumer data can be easily transferred into a lending environment for utilization of extending credit. And so Form Free, years ago, I think back in 2008 when the company started, there was a path to acquiring the data, understanding it, delivering it to the GSEs, helping the GSEs understand how to absorb the data and create those innovative technologies like Day One Certainty to deliver a better experience for the consumer and mitigate that risk. So Form Free, we've been providing Fannie Mae with 12 months of data for many years, which helped to develop additional capabilities for assessing the borrower's ability to pay using this alternative data. And I think as we go into the end of the year, you'll also see some other capabilities that will be announced of using asset data 
to verify other components of the consumer. Back in 2015, we identified rent payments as highly relevant to determining consumers' ability to pay and share that with the agencies. And over the years since, we've independently developed and honed in algorithms that can isolate rent payments in direct source checking account data with great veracity. So now by corroborating borrower asset data provided by vendors like FormFree with the Consumer 1003, Fannie Mae has the accurate rental data it needs to support financing mm-hmm. needs of the first-time home buyer who may have thin credit files. So I think all of this said is when you have a company that sees the capabilities of using data for the betterment of consumers, for the betterment of ease of use for lenders, and for mitigating risk, and we share that with the decision makers, the agencies, then we can begin to really shift and change how this industry looks at data, how they use data to support the consumer's needs, but in a safe and secure way, because what we don't want to do is take a step backwards. One of the things, listeners, I want to point your attention to, check the show notes on this podcast. You can go back to our original interview that we did at Brent back in November 9th, 2020, begin to start really talking about what our technology company is doing to dramatically increase the number of loans that an underwriter can write. That's where we started with all of this journey. Then we went in and interviewed Brent again on February 22nd. He talked about a better way to assess ability to repay. There was great information. And in each one of these interviews we've done with Brent, the most recent one was back in July 26th of this year, where he talked about truth in direct source data. There's just all of this. I encourage you listeners to go back and listen to each one of these podcasts for two reasons. First of all, you're listening to a leader, someone who's really innovative. Brent is brilliant in his vision and where he's going with this. He's humble and how he approaches it. And I think that's one of the reasons, Christy, both of you and I are drawn to Brent so much, as well as many others. So what are some other ways, Christy, that FormFree is getting deeper into the ability to pay intelligence from consumers on a permissioned data basis? Great question. FormFree does a ton with consumer data with the goal of empowering consumers to use their own data to achieve their financial goals. So we look at billions of data bytes and we analyze it, assess it, and then we provide it back to the lender and to the agencies in a usable format. We also have begun to assess payroll provider data directly from the source. So directly from those payroll providers like ADP, Paycor, Paychecks, et cetera, identifying income and employment data that meets standard GSE underwriting guidelines. So when the consumer permissions us to harvest their employment and income data from their payroll provider, we do that in a seamless transaction, providing that direct source or the truth, as Brent likes to say, truth versus trust, we get it directly from the source. We deliver this data with a deeper layer of intelligence using many sources to corroborate and validate the data. We have this amazing data scientist team led by Dr. Covington. I think he was on your podcast as well. We have PhDs in linguistics who built data dictionaries. So think about this. Every financial institution has a different language of their data. And form-free, we built the ability using machine learning, artificial intelligence, natural language processing to interpret that data across the board and be able to analyze it, certify it, and provide it back in a usable format. So we correlate it back into human speak 
so that lenders and investors can use it for assessing ability to pay. We had to write data dictionaries and identify what comes out because the data, when it comes to us from the financial institutions, is dumb. We have to interpret it and put it in a format that's usable. We corroborate with large data bureaus to deliver a level of confidence that the data is immutable and 100% accurately represents the consumer's income, assets, employment, identity, and credit. And the beauty of this is it's all delivered to the lender and the agencies in a reissue key or a non-fungible token. This is 100% verified data, truth versus trust. And it's controlled by the consumer, which is the thing that I love most about Brent's vision is give the power back to the consumer to own and control who sees this data. That interview we did with Dr. Cunningham on April 26th, again, a link is in our show notes, folks. You've got to go back and listen to that. Not only is it just the relationship and how it developed, but it's just what he saw in the vision for what this could do. And it's a great interview, but I want to talk about the relationship that Brent has built with this community of intellectuals. I think that's one of the keys and the secrets to your sauce at Form Free is these kind of relationships. And if you listen to the interview, he had to get into it and start getting excited about that. But then he caught the vision and the brilliance of Brent, and it goes into the area of artificial intelligence, which Dr. Michael Covington is an expert. You are absolutely right. There's so much that can be gleaned from a consumer's direct deposit bank account. When you really want to know, can I afford something? You don't look at a score and say, yep, the score says I can afford it. What you look at is, what do I have in my bank account? What kind of payment can I absorb? And that's where the brilliance of Dr. Michael Covington and the data dictionaries and the algorithms that he built is because we can see into the asset account and we understand residual income, discretionary income. We know and we calculate the borrower's ability to pay so that at any given moment, the borrower can look at their data through our Passport app, which we haven't talked about yet, but they can look at that and say, yes, I can afford that car, that home, that television. So this has implications that are outside of mortgage, but to put that power, just like you said, David, back in the consumer's hands on what they can afford. If you've ever heard anything from Brent, he always talks about, we are focused on one thing. We are focused on the consumer. We want to know the consumer, we want to understand the consumer, and we want to give the power of financial empowerment to them through the utilization of their own data. Christy, when I was looking at the Form Free website, I saw the financial passport, but can you help me and our listeners understand what financial passport really means? Absolutely, Jack. I can give you a high-level overview of Passport. It is a consumer-facing app, so it's downloadable in the App Store right now for consumers to, to utilize this technology to verify and share their consumer financial DNA is what we call it. So when every consumer has their financial DNA, which incorporates their identity, their credit, their asset income, employment data, liens and judgment if you want it, and the consumer captures all of that in this Passport app and for utilization to obtain credit. They can share it with their lender. And the beauty of it in this format is it's provided back to the lender in a 3.4 MISMO format, which 
streamlines easily into whichever LOS because MISMO is a standard format for data. Again, the beauty of Passport is it puts the power of your consumer data in the palm of your hand. Where most consumers today are transacting business, they are using this on their phone where they can share all of that pertinent data that the lender needs to understand about their financial DNA in order to make a credit decision. I think the key is the consumer's in control of their data and who sees it and how it's presented. That's the innovation that's here. What kind of advantage does this give to the lenders that are embracing this technology through Form Free versus the competitor that is not? It does seem to give such a competitive advantage. David, you are so right. So again, when you think about consumer behavior and what they're looking for, they're looking for the easiest way to get a loan. Consumers need the loan. They don't want the loan. And so Passport makes it easy for the consumer to share the data in a secure format. And this takes us back to that non-fungible token, which holds all of that consumer data for the lender to access with the consumer's permission. So the beauty of that non-fungible token is that it's stored in our data store. And once permissioned, it can be easily accessed and run instantaneously into the automated underwriting systems like DUNLP. And the permission is given by the consumer to do that. So, Christy, this is all fitting in the broader topic of blockchain. So you're not necessarily tied to the blockchain technology, but it can play inside of that. Am I correct? You are absolutely correct. As I've said before, it's 100% verified truth data versus trust. It comes out in a single token. A non-fungible token represents the consumer. It's housed in our data store, but it can be used on a blockchain ledger. So it's verified and validated consumer data. And the beauty of this, David, is that if you think down the road, when a market begins to change and shift because of technology, you can create even more efficiencies in this. And when we do that, we can potentially create a marketplace where lenders can go in and they can bid or identify the consumer attributes that they're looking for to build their portfolios. So for example, you could go in and say, hey, show me all of the credit scores with 680, the Florida-based loans, owner-occupied with LTVs of 81%. And then you can see all of those consumers who meet those attributes. And if you want, you can go ahead and bid on that consumer data for utilization as a lead generation tool. So that's that efficiency that is created by capturing the consumer data in a non-fungible token for utilization in a blockchain ledger, which has so many efficiency pickups for the industry, for lenders. We start looking at the advantages this gives borrowers in controlling the data, the advantage of the lenders that can work with this. And now you just introduced a new topic, a new angle on this that I had not given consideration to is how you can start targeting marketing to consumers in a very specific way. Jack, this is game-changing technology. A couple old guys like us sitting around thinking about the future. Could you imagine something like this? It's fascinating. It's so interesting. It's incredible. But one thing that Christy said earlier that kind of warmed my heart, David, was when she was talking about residual income. I've been in the mortgage business longer than I care to admit. I understand underwriting to ratio analysis, but over the years, I've partnered with a lot of companies that have focused on residual income in their underwriting practices because consumers have different behavior patterns. And so the residual income method 
can allow you to take into account the difference in consumer behavioral spending patterns. So, Christy, I was excited to hear you talk about that earlier in the discussion because there is a number of listeners out there that place great importance on residual income in their analysis of the borrower's ability to pay. You are so right, Jack. And the more vectors that you have that give you visibility into the borrower's ability to pay, whether you've got residual income, discretionary income, you've got the credit score, you've got the transactional data, then you have a deeper holistic view of that consumer. And then based on whatever your underwriting guidelines or your risk appetite is, you can determine if you're willing to take that risk and lend to that consumer. But using asset Asset data gives you that deeper insight and gives you the utilization for additional vectors of analysis to say, yes, I want to lend to this consumer because I am confident that they can afford whatever it is, payment structure that I'm proposing for them. It's a, it's a, a risk yeah. mitigation tool that supports deeper credit expansion, inclusion. There's so many benefits of using this type of analysis into the consumer. Truth versus trust. I love that expression. Brent has got so many great one-liners that he's come up with as a result of his involvement in creating this technology. Christy, we could go on and on about this topic. It's not one of those topics where you really concluded. You just say to be continued, and we will continue because we're so thrilled to have the partnership and the podcast with Form Free and thrilled to have you as a sponsor and be involved here. We can't wait to get more guests on talking about this because I get asked to speak and asked to cover on the podcast where the market's going. Folks, I'm telling you, pay attention to what Form Free is doing, not just because they're a sponsor, it's because of the brilliance of what they're doing. Companies like Fannie Mae have recognized it. They've worked and co-developed with Brent some of these things. Jack, it's been fun to have you join me on this interview as well. Glad to have you here. Your thoughts as we Always wrap pleasure. up this interview? Well, David, the one thing that just stands out to me above all others is the ability to increase your inclusivity of your lending program by being able to target people whose credit history is predicated on rental payments as opposed to a mortgage payment is tremendous. And in a world where accountability is certainly heightened, and to have a tool like this to help the lender be able to accommodate those borrowers that have rental history really sets this offering above so many others, in my opinion. Yeah, it really does. Christy, I love your enthusiasm always about life and this industry. And now your newfound enthusiasm with your new company, you're with Form Free, and I'm so thrilled that you have partnered up with this company because what a great marriage of talent and ability to really bring this industry to the next level. Well, thank you both. We love talking about the utilization of data and intelligence for the purpose of helping consumers. That is who we are at our core, is a company that sees a way to lend and expand credit and provide affordable housing finance to all consumers using their own data. So again, thank you so much. I enjoyed chatting and sharing the form-free story with you and talking about how together we can really help this industry serve our consumers, our homeowners, which is who we are at our very core. 
Could agree with you more. You did it so eloquently here today. Thank you, Christy, for being with us. We've had as our special guest, Christy Moss with Form Free. Again, check out all the previous podcasts in the show notes. You'll want to stay in touch with this, folks. Get studying this topic and get to know this company. Get a hold of Christy or any of the people. Best way to reach the company is to go to the website, I'm assuming. Is there any other means by which people can connect with you or you are all over LinkedIn and social media, but is there ways you prefer people connect with you, Christy? The website's great. Connect with me on LinkedIn find me. I would love to talk about this. So would love to dig in deeper with some folks. Yeah. If you're looking for a conference speaker or an event speaker, have Christy come. She's a great evangelist for this and for our industry and for innovation. Christy, thanks so much for being here today. It's been great having you as our guest. Great. Thank you so much. I encourage you listeners, as I listen to this interview that we just recorded and shared with you, I encourage you to share this with others. There's a lot of good information here. Again, many people are looking for direction. Where is this industry headed? I'm telling you, as we said in that interview, there's a lot of exciting innovation happening at FormFree. I encourage you to keep up on it. I have a feeling this is the direction of the industry. At least it relates to expanding the credit box. I think they do a great job, and there's more on the way. Others are working on the same thing, folks. Want to get more inclusion, get more people in the homes, and do so responsibly. We want to make sure we do it right, and there's a lot of innovation happening towards that goal. Great having you here as listeners, everyone wants to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, CMLA, Lenders One, Accelerate Mobility, MMI, as well as Modix and the MBA. We're going to be all at the conference. Looking forward to seeing you in San Diego. So when we get all the planes, trains, and automobiles going the right direction and working, we'll be there. Also, Knowledge Coop, Mortgage Collaborative, of course, Docs. Very excited about their sponsorship and a partnership with them. Appreciate you all. Have a great week and look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.